Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, November 12th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part two of the two part Lunk Dow Space, Lunk Luna, Positivity and Love with Lunk Dow. Let's take a listen. Yeah, there's no. Um... So, look, what do you have here? Look at your graph. So, to start with, we have the tokenomics change, right? When we turned off the mint mechanism. So everything changed instantly, and then it was a good buy um, because it was an entirely different coin. And all of the 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 misvaluation of it is is like going to zero just changed completely. And it was interesting because it took people about a week to realize that, <laughs> like like they just changed the tokenomics radically. They turned off the whole mechanism, but it took fucking ages. Like everyone's brain didn't process it, and it was weird because a lot of the people who were heartbroken. Uh, could have easily made back a significant amount by realizing that. And they were the ones who would know best because um, they were the ones most familiar with the mechanism, whereas people who were non-lunar, not investors, knew nothing, basically. From the um, bottom, what was it? Like a, Was it 100x or more than that? No. The, the, I think when I know the minimum market cap was about 150 million, but you're talking at least a 10x. Um, it went, and it went from around 100 million at the bottom to four billion uh, peak, so forty x. If you if you yeah. got the bottom and then sold the top, sure, right, pretty solid. But, like, way, it, yeah. but if you were roughly kind of doing it, yeah, you can get like a, if you noticed early, you can get a solid ten x or so. Easy. But really, most of us were just like whining crybabies. In all seriousness, yeah, right? yeah, I, like, that's pretty I much what was, it was. Yeah, I, I think I was one of the the few not crying and even but even i didn't go in big i was just fucking around with bots and shit like features grid bot i i, I like started a i think i put in like what well, doesn't matter the amount but i put it i put in a reasonable amount at the bottom but um i could have been way smarter like i could have just uh longed a fuckload of it or something you know what i mean it's it's I didn't make too much, um, but I did notice what was happening and, uh, and acted on it. But I think most people just had no fucking clue. Um, almost nobody talked about it at all. It was weird. It, given, given everyone's deep familiarity with it and given how well everyone understood the mechanism and stuff. And, ha- you know, if, if <laughs> I don't know, it was weird. Everyone was weirdly irrational compared to how intelligent they were. Didn't you think? It was it was interesting an interesting time yeah also but on the way down the thing is you don't know exactly where the bottom is and i think with speculative assets people just generally have a hard time like like if you throw a thousand bucks into something and now it's worth a hundred because you know there's a 90 percent dip or whatever um people's conviction gets shaken quite quickly so 
they kind of look, they don't think of it from the long range view. They just think, well, I'm down 90%. It's like, remember Ethereum did this, like, what is it, 20, whatever. Um, point is like, there was like a 95% uh, drop. And even the most like a hardcore Ethereum diehards were pretty upset about it and like disappeared for quite a while. Yeah. It's so, very different though with this case but imagine like, though imagine you're like in the middle of the early um ethereum hype right like a lot of that was just a total hype thing ethereum had no utility didn't do shit and it had a big hype sort of pump right because it was kind of the first major um you know smart contract blockchain or whatever and there wasn't much to do on it and it went crazy there's a big bubble it crashed like 95 or 97 percent whatever that was and um if you had bought any time during the top or in the middle or whatever, you were absolutely like wrecked if it was any serious money, right? And you had to wait it out for years to make your sort of money back. And um, a, a lot of those same people were not necessarily buying with serious size at the bottom because uh, like no matter how low it went, no one has ever convinced that you're at the absolute bottom. Usually with crypto though, if you're down, like a general rule is if you, uh, the risk is much better once you're down about 95%. <laughs> but uh, if you can capture those things. Yeah, it was just a weird case, wasn't it? Because it, it totally transformed into a different coin. The the entire the entire tokenomic mechanism that had brought it down so far was just turned off. Um, so like from a rational perspective, you had to see it as like, okay, there's there's now a finite supply and there's the entire world's attention. And <laughs> And everything has changed completely in like one second. Um, so you should be kind of rationally convicted to put some in at the bottom, um, especially when it was such a low market cap. I remember looking it up. I was like, fuck, this thing is like 150 million market cap. That's insane compared to the sheer amount of intention on the like attention on the blockchain um, and the fact that like it was no longer minting. And then it it almost instantly reversed and, and like did a 5x, I think, in a few days. Um, people were just buying and buying and buying and buying. It was, it was fascinating. It does clarify, though, uh, something really important uh, that any chain that gets sort of wrecked, um, you have the, the alerts going off on Binance, KuCoin and such uh, for super high volume on the way down. And it's like almost all of these things will bounce off of the bottom quite a lot anything yeah, like yeah. even ftx whatever like it's funny when ftx was crashing right there were people in here in spaces and in uh, like tweets and things and they're like getting ready to ape into the ftx token because they figured the attention is insane and um they just see the 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 alerts going off and they're like "Ooh, i want to ride this thing i'm going to get a 10x because it's i'll find the bottom and so it's, it's straight up gambling it's like a high low game but you definitely get people doing that for sure they just seek out these crashes and they mm. want to have that big volatility push. Yeah. US, USD was a fascinating one as well because um, it, 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 uh, it always had that narrative of the repeg potentially. And it would always, to some degree, I, I guess it kind of correlated with the success of Lunk, but there was always the sense that like um, either there could be some plan put together for a repeg or some external buyer could be somehow incentivized to do it or something. Um, or the, the lunk community or the rebels would come up with something. So like as soon as on social media, there is an idea of a plan to repeg it or whatever, 
the it, it just surged completely and it was interesting as well because like do you remember i talked about like the lack of bots on that sepi at least in the first few months there were there was no um default option for a ustc pair bot uh on binance or qcoin they've actually added them now on both sites which is quite interesting as well they they're just treating it as a normal token but at the start there was there was like an insane amount of volatility like i would say um around five times as much volatility as lunk itself which was already very volatile um just because of the complete lack of bots on that pair so when i was doing the 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 bitscap busd pairs um with a grid bot for uh ustc it was insane it was like <laughs> 30 40 percent a month easy um just through volatility um but then in the background you had this idea that there could be a repeg plan um or at least the the narrative of one which is fascinating as well um i forgot my main point but yeah interestingly after that uh so when elon was on spaces and he <laughs> they were able to get him to say doge to the moon they're like, what did you think? What do you think that's going to happen yeah. to Doge? Yeah. And he says, to the moon. And he kind of quotes. So he, uh, and then sort of, I, I bought some immediately at that point, and it's kind of hovering upwards. But even on KuCoin right now, it's kind of uh, among the top as far as like attention and, and um, also just kind of uh, the volume and trading and everything else. So that just, it probably will start to rise again. <laughs> like, and it's only a matter of time before Elon says something again about it because he's still, like mulling about this idea of like sticking it on Twitter or something like that. So even before mm -hmm. anything real happens, right, any kind of meme effect is going to far front run uh, any kind of serious utility. It's the same thing that happened to Tesla stock, right? Like what kind of hell, like what kind of craziness is like a 1500 to one PDE ratio? Like that's assuming like 20 years of growth of the stock or something. Uh, so yeah, there's that yeah. strong meme effect that um, even in the stock market and, uh, you have to kind of figure out how to like both take advantage of it, but not get wrecked by it too. This is why like all of the growth stocks are crashing finally. And um, like, but you can find nice deals on the market when, when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the easiest way forward for Lunk is just to steal all the lunar things and, or, and kind of piggyback on Doquan. <laughs> Cause if yeah, we like, if we, especially if we assume that like Doquan clears his reputation and, well, in two ways, right? The the reports and the audits, and then big industry players kind of speaking out and the blame on Sam and everything else. Like, after all of that, I think he should be okay. Like I was saying earlier, I think in a tweet, I was like, um, if what did I say again? Let me remember. Uh, like, if you assume that there was no criminality with Do Kwon, what would the the Terra the Luna Two blockchain be worth? It's it's definitely not two hundred million, right? Like it's it's definitely not what it is now. Yeah, but you know he's got uh, interesting. Doe's uh, Twitter account has a good solid sort of million followers, right? So there's a, there's definitely going to be um, a time when he will just start tweeting things again and leverage that. And you know you could put like all of the major Luna Classic accounts together. And it barely reaches a million. So that reach is um, shouldn't be underestimated. Not to mention, he can get like video time or FaceTime with almost anybody in the uh, sort of industry, in a sense. So I wouldn't underestimate that at all. Um, it's super powerful and probably will move the price of the coin at some point.
He's got two accounts as well. Oh. He's got the Terra Money one as well, which is 1.1, million. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although a lot of those are probably like simultaneously the same followers. Yeah. Or, or like there's a lot of overlap or whatever. There's there's a load of things he has though, like interesting connect. Also things that will come alive later on. Like if um if the the price of Lunk goes up 10x or something, I'm sure a lot of the old funds or whatever will take an interest. Also, I think from like a you know the old VCs, everyone who invested in the old blockchain. If Do Kwon clears his name and there's no evidence of criminality, I think a lot of them will be more willing to support him publicly. Um, and I, I guess kind of start taking more action towards helping um, because it's no, because like a lot of them have gone quiet because of the reputational risk, you know, you know, like, uh, and also companies, you know, like Delphi Digital and all these people, they're all just dead quiet because they fear kind of like um, slander or damage to reputation by association. It's, it's not their actual opinions. Like they don't actually think it's, it's, it, he was bad in any way. It's just they can't risk the damage to the business when they're they're diversified across many things, um, and there's like a net level of ignorance. It's it's like it's 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 interesting that that financially it's often not worth sticking up for the truth at all. It's like really really bad financially to do that, um, and a lot of them are in this position. Like they know the truth, they understand it, um, but but like they're quiet because it's just bad for business. Yeah, I mean, well, as like kind of an analysis slash, what are they, kind of a VC fund analysis, whatever, they have to kind of retract and kind of, you know, claim to be sort of neutral at some at some level. That way, yeah, exactly. There's like, if something bad happens, well, we don't want to be too invested in one, one project or one team or one person. So that, uh, yeah, if something bad happens, we're not dragged down in the mud with that particular individual um whether the whether something happens maliciously or by even by accident or whatever yeah it's an interesting problem but it's also something that you see uh bruce like if you look at all of the larger accounts on uh, on crypto twitter like i don't know like a kobe or ledger or something like someone like that um like what you tend to notice is, is they tend to move towards like more shit posting sarcasm joking around and just you know they feel like well if we support anybody and something bad happens well we're sort of screwed or you know we're going to drag people into making bad investment decisions or something like that so like these larger accounts become somewhat useless in terms of like providing any opinion about anything to some extent like um unless you are somehow looked at as some kind of like credible neutral hero or character of some kind it's like you really can't say anything of any depth uh advocating for anything in uh so this is why like everyone just goes back to the oh bitcoin is great narrative <laughs> because then they don't have to um commit to anything defi or whatever or any particular platform because uh, you'll notice, like after the crash of FTX and whatever, um, you saw very little commentary supportive of any particular DeFi platform. They use the word DeFi as some sort of nebulous, like global term, but nobody says, "Oh, wait, you should consider this particular DeFi because it looks like it's the most credible or whatever." So the end user just simply sees DeFi as this like massive shit. Like nobody knows exactly what to buy, which which platform to use. And part of that's because even those influencer types 
they don't necessarily want to commit to saying, hey, go use GMX or go use uh, DYDX or whoever the hell, because what happens if something happens there? There's smart contract risks, et cetera, et cetera. And they, want to be, they don't want to be looked at as maybe having shilled one of these um, particular groups to the like. So the, I think uh, some of those accounts just feel like, well, it's almost useless interviewing anybody because like, just because you bring on Do Kwan, uh, even to sort of talk talk with them or interview them, it pretty much is like perceived as an indirect. Um, what do you call it? Like a like you are um, endorsement. Endorsement, yeah, it's an endorsement of that particular platform, as opposed to like some kind of crypto journalist of some kind. Um, so you either have to take the journalist stance or sort of the Schiller stance, um, like a, like that guy Rand Nooner or whatever. He's kind of became more of a Schiller stance after a while, or like that CoinDesk guy, um, guy or whatever his name is. Um, yeah, it tends to be more like the journalist type. And you have these different types, but like once you get to a certain size, I think you just they end up having to just pick who they are. And I find them to be less and less useful the larger the size of the account gets. It's interesting. Yeah. There's also a, a sense in which it's kind of bullshit. Um, whatever they, it's like, uh, you know, the Zach guy, the Zach guy or whatever he's, whatever he's doing, he's still being funded by specific people and they're only going to fund him in specific ways because in specific directions, he, he doesn't have complete control. Like he never will. Um, because the sources of funding are only available from certain people and, and they're going to kind of politically screen him and whatever. Um, and it's, it's interesting as well to watch, to watch like apparent journalists, you know, like the, the Laura Shin thing, right? She claims to be a crypto journalist, but if you look at her questions with Do Kwon versus Fatman, she asks from assuming guilt with, with Do Kwon, and she asks from, um, assuming all positive intentions from Fatman, right? Like it's, it was like ridiculous. It was clearly, um, designed or calibrated to plug into the the popular opinion rather than any kind of critical opinion it was i don't know it was just that kind of thing it's like you know somebody is like a populist you know that yeah they're like really example, afraid yeah she didn't ask some like obvious questions like wait a minute did you lose any money in the terror crash why are you here right like <laughs> like what do what like what is your motive for for uh being like anti Do Kwan or anti Terra, none of the obvious questions you would ask about someone who just shows up out of nowhere and posts on Twitter about something. Uh, it's a little easier to understand the motivation of someone who maybe lost a lot of money or made a lot of money or something like that. There's like a f financial relationship, maybe, but she didn't ask him to, like, uh, she didn't ask him to. Um, provide any kind of information about who he, who they were who he was or like what kind of like like how do you like are, are any of the claims even actually true how and do you all of the them? all that kind of stuff all of the questions were also sent by him in advance because i had a, a comment string where she she confessed to it all of the questions with doquan were live and spontaneous with him and the the fat man ones were sent by him to her in advance she gave him the questions I'm sorry, he gave her the questions he wanted to be asked. And then he just read off his screen. Like, <laughs> just, just kind of ridiculous, like, um, asymmetry between him and Do Kwon and stuff. And not just in the attitude, but also in the preparation.
Yeah, even she, like as a supposed crypto journalist, didn't actually disclose whether she has uh, Luna or not, whether she had any or not at any point. She doesn't disclose, like, does she have any, um, yeah, does she have any financial interest, like a short position? I'm not saying she did, but like normally that's what you would say if you didn't theoretically. And Fat Man didn't do the same, do that either necessarily. So the, the whole thing is like just like it's just exactly what you're talking about. It's not particularly like professional journalism. It's not professional sort of like scientific, um, what do you call it, um, like forensic no, it's research. Not, not it's a real just, desire. No, it's, it's no. like they come onto the show and there's a popular opinion about a topic like Dokemon is a bad guy or we need to be very skeptical about that guy and really drill him. Otherwise, like, you know, and, and then like even even his answers, you know, he's trying to gaslight and manipulate and oh, you didn't let him get away with with that, Laura. Thank you for being a strong woman, Laura, and really drilling him on those questions. Um, it, it It's like. But, but clearly, like big picture wise, you can see what's happening for her psychologically. She has this audience and the audience has a certain opinion, right? Like whether it's like mostly the Ethereum community or some kind of um, band of, of communities mainly disconnected from terror and stuff like that. that that's her audience. And, and she has a feeling that they have a certain opinion on average, or at least the loud people do. And she knows she needs to kind of adapt herself to that. Otherwise, it's quite a big risk that she could lose um, her followers, but also she's sponsored by a lot of different people. Uh, she's a, an affiliate or whatever for Crypto.com and various people sponsor the show. And they are uh, kind of these these safe brands that, that must be represented in a way that, that doesn't uh, connect themselves or associate themselves with any controversial figures. So she needs to be careful of all of that. And, and she mainly needs to be careful of not being disliked. So like she needs to take a certain approach with Dokkan and she needs to take a certain approach with Fat Man. Otherwise, all hell breaks loose. Laura, I can't believe you took on this, this scammer onto the show and you asked him positive questions. How, how dare you? And you smiled when he said something. You laughed at his joke. Is that because you thought that the loss of lives was funny? <laughs> you can see how this stuff starts, right? It's just like endless. Um, so she's like felt that pressure and she's contorted herself into a certain performance. Um, where she won't be criticized like that's the the main motivation for her is to not be criticized by anyone watching yeah absolutely because because she's got a book to sell too so the thing is yeah you, you anything that takes away from her selling a copy of her book or whatever um she's got to avoid uh as being some sort of like neutral crypto person or whatever but in the in exactly the act of doing that you're almost doing exactly the opposite of what you should do, which is very funny. I don't know. And it's, it's easy to get into that, but I think that's why all you really have to do is like, that's why people just provide disclosure. Like if I go on and I say, well, I own Luna, I lost a shit ton of money. And, um, you know, the value of my portfolio went down, this, that, and the other thing. On the other hand, you know, uh, you know, I hate, uh, uh, TFL cause they were centralized this, that, and the other. And but at the same time, I don't feel like Doe necessarily did something specifically malicious. I think, uh, you know, most of that, what I just said, sounds reasonably credible without uh, being too complex. You know, like you can uh, you don't have to be go down too much of a rabbit hole to go, OK, well, yeah, all that makes sense. <laughs> like, But with her, it's like you, you squint your eyes and say, wait, like, wh why did you treat one guy this way and the other one that way? Yeah. And sorry. Go ahead. Thank you. Um... 
I'm going to ask a question about doe corn. Okay. Um, then, um, you, Bruce or Sefi, um, explain to me. Um, oh, um, I'm totally neutral. Um, in I'm 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 neutral in this situation about him. Um, so at the moment, um, I've got no opinion about him. Um, how whatever he is, um, what he's done is good or bad. So, um, is he at the moment um, accused for something? Um, is he um, and what is that? And yeah. is that some is that something um, that's um, right or wrong or um yeah i'll tell uh, you right now he 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 uh under investigation for orgy with ugly ladies very ugly ladies and and orgies wait did you just wait for like an hour to speak just to say that <laughs> it's quite good <laughs> thank you this was actually a serious question <laughs> well I, uh, the, the the first thing to realize is like, what is what is criminality? Criminality re requires proof beyond reasonable doubt, leading to conviction. Uh, right? That that is a criminal conviction. And what I think has happened to Dokwon is that in Korea, as soon as there was a massive loss of money, there was an investigation. And I think blockchains are fucking complicated. Like, like even even people in um, DeFi who have been in this this realm for a long time, there's a million fucking transactions and a million um, different entities and a million different VCs and a million things happening, and it's really really complicated, especially with with mechanisms and protocols as complicated as Terra and how they worked and all the different pools and LFG and whatever the fuck else. So from the perspective of a a financial crime division or something they don't know how the fuck it worked. Um, they're trying to find out and they will issue an arrest warrant or something like that. And it's basically just a demand that the person come in for questioning because they want to work out what the fuck happened. <laughs> right? Like that, that's the main thing. It's like, we need this guy because otherwise we're not going to fucking work out what the hell happened. But um, it's, it's often not so simple because you don't have a guarantee that the people investigating will be objective in it and you don't have a guarantee that they'll be fair and you don't Actually, have a guarantee uh, they, they won't be objective bruce the goal oh, of the prosecutor is to take you down right like they're not looking to like y yes you would have a defense attorney or something that would try to argue the other side but the reality is no, that the, the full force of the government or whoever like their whole budget is to take you down right yeah that was going to be my well my my point was just about like yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, they're just, not going to know the difference. My point was what is. My point was about justice and fairness versus like any particular legal system and how they treat you. Um, you know, you, you people say if if Do Kwan was innocent, why doesn't he go back to Korea? Well, it's because you don't have any guarantee of fair treatment. In fact, you have a high probability of the exact opposite. You have a high probability they don't understand what the fuck it is for first firstly and they'll charge you with some unprecedented thing 
some strange violation, you know, they can contort it however they like. And the people who will be convicting you have no real idea what happened either. Um, and th 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 in this particular case, there's probably a high incentive for him to be some kind of um, example made of, right? That that sets mm -hmm. precedent going forward or something and uses the heartbreak and, and the whole loss and the outrage in the media. It, and like someone like him could easily end up in prison for life despite never doing anything wrong. So he needs to be a little bit careful about that kind of thing. Um, and, and it's in many ways, it's better to take the time to clear his name publicly before he might face anything like that, if he does at all. Um, and, and, you know, if there is justice and fairness, then hopefully that can come out through things like objective audits from cryptocurrency specialists with no agenda either way that aren't funded by the government, um, that aren't prosecuted. Yes, that, 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 that's what I wanted to say. There are lots of people who um, understand uh, very well what um, how 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 crypto works and how how everything works. So um, why? Is there not a kind of like a um, a commit 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 commission um, with a very um, intelligent and knowledge knowledgeable people who are from an objective point of view are um, uh, going to the through the whole case and. Um, and and then, it's because the, the number of people that understand this is near zero. Like it's like so small that you're not gonna, you're just not going to find these people. And these are people that are largely already working. Say, for example, in the crypto space, they're not working for the government or something. So how would who would you pay to come do that for you? Like, uh, there's barely enough people in the development space to actually like maintain and create blockchains. I don't think you're going to be able to hire enough people to work for the government to do this on top of everything else. You see what I'm saying? So like, and your, your question earlier, it, it, what is he accused of in a sense? Korea wants him for securities law violation, not for some kind of like crypto scam or like, oh, you did a rug pull or LFG or whatever. Their, their core issue is that, um, that uh, Luna was a security and technically by most definitions it, it is and was or not, not is now, but used to be. And as, meaning that like the team had most of the, t like a large portion of the tokens. This was always a kind of a criticism of that system actually. Like it's, I know people said decentralized, decentralized, but technically it was pretty centralized. Um, that, was the, that was the truth. And as a result, like that created this risk that he, you know, securities organizations would go after him in different countries. And um, in the case of South Korea, that's what they're wanting to him to come in for. And at, you know, crypto as a security is an interesting problem because some, some elements of crypto are securities and some elements are not. And that's where it gets sort of dicey. But the design of the original uh, UST Luna system, this is like, I, th I think I mentioned this at some point, Bruce, like what TFL should have done, like maybe in January, February, when the price of the token was sky high, is they should have committed to just burning and destroying a substantial portion of TFL's Luna. And I think we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation now. Like the market cap would have just absolutely fucking skyrocketed because of the, um, because of the attention that lowering the central 
um, supply would have dramatically increased the attention on the coin. And it would have made it like much harder to um, sort of attack the system. In fact, like when the DPEG started happening, one of the most important tools in TFL's uh, like, <laughs> like armamentarium would have been to just say, hey, look, we're going to burn 90% of the TFL wallet, right? And completely reduce the risk of like a securities law violation or something like that. And that would have caused enough of a meme effect and a short squeeze to just completely annihilated most of the shorts on that scheme. Like, and they missed that opportunity in a, in a way, like that would have been really cool, but it didn't happen. So yeah, and that's the issue is like the security piece of it, not so much like what the general Twitter public thinks, oh, look, the money, the, the thing crashed and people lost money, blah, blah, blah. That's not what South Korea has a um, like warrant for. They, the warrant is for a securities violation, be very similar to like what happened with XRP. And mm -hmm. that's kind of the same idea. Okay, and um, what you just said when um, um, there was such a high momentum um, and they shouldn't have burned uh, a lot. Um, no, they, and, sh they should have burned their own token, yeah. Terraform Labs. Yes, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, and if, if you assume that Dokon is a very highly intelligent person and he surrounded himself with also very highly intelligent and um, adequate acting persons. Um, how um, could it be that nobody saw that it, this was um, maybe a great opportunity to do um did they miss it or didn't they think about it or um well um, it was a, it was a complicated time there was a lot happening at one time so um they were making moves to make things more secure with what's called the lfg um like it was kind of a fund of external resources like a bitcoin and this and that to sort of help defend the the peg they as it's called so yeah, you, there's a lot of nuances, and I think you show up in front of the South Korean government or whoever, and they're not going to understand most of that. Um, I mean, like you can't even explain to most of crypto Twitter, much of whom are in crypto, and explain like what has happened, and people understand. There is a pretty much a sum total zero chance that you're going to get like the Korean government to understand this, um, which is why like it's pretty much dumb to go turn yourself in. Uh, for something like this, it just makes no sense at all. Like, there's no way he's going to get a fair trial. Like, almost no chance. I think uh, Lurie was trying to say something earlier. Okay, thank you. But um, I mean, what if you're not speaking? What was the fundamental thing you want to know about Do Kwon? Because we can answer from a, an emotional, psychological perspective as well. Like, if you want to get to know him somehow, I can tell you anything. Yes, please. I mean, ask anything. Imagine I'm Do Kwan and you want to ask me okay. something. Um, Do Kwan, um, you, um, you have created something never has created before. You knew there was some kind of risk in the... Um, 
in the project itself, um, hidden in the project itself because of the structure you made. Um, did you think of um, when it was going at a, at a moment it was a hundred and nineteen dollars at Ultimai. Um there was a huge amount of money going around it. Um did you think at the, that moment um maybe I should because there is some kind of risk in this project that it could probably turn around. Um, I put something aside in case that happens. Yeah, there's not there's nothing that could be put in place to guarantee the system, right? So that's the thing. Not nothing, well, nothing with any certainty, right? And he and he actually mentioned that many many times. Like nobody ever listens or didn't. Uh, you know, never quote him on that. It's just interesting how, and he never asked anyone to buy anything, by the way. He's not like, oh, go buy Luna. Um, it's going to be amazing. Like, he's not really saying go buy it at all. He was never, he never actually talked about price action either. Uh, not to my recollection, right? I don't remember. Do you, Bruce? Uh, he kept saying Luna $1, Luna $1, Luna $1. Luna. <laughs> While it was $100, he wanted to go down. Yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's what Anne was asking. I think, I don't know if Anne was asking about developing risk mechanisms or anything like that. I think she was um, asking about Do Kwon's personal stash for emergencies. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, uh, just just before I go, I want to say I'm very proud of the Ronk, the the People Republic of Ronk. And uh, you got to keep doing, doing good, okay? And uh, I hunt down the SBF guy in... And Todd for a regiary having uh OG with agri radies, okay? Yeah, thank you. So you're not up. Mm. Oh, that was CCP. <laughs> CCP. Yeah. CCP is always coming into lung spaces and then he says, um, um CCP goes um uh CCP um uh, go big CCP sorry, I don't know what he says because I don't understand what he says but then he says something very quickly and then he goes away <laughs> it's so funny or maybe it's not funny at all actually I don't know really no me either. I don't know I don't know I hope to know one day but but like when Luna was at one hundred nineteen dollars, Doquan was trying to minimize the risks more and more and more. He understood the risks in the system, and we all did to some degree. Um, but he was trying to develop a a Bitcoin reserve to try and buffer the price um, movements downwards if UST depegged. Um, he was developing systems and also creating a, a variable yield for the anchor savings protocol and stuff like that. All of the the dubious aspects of the protocol were being addressed and he was developing better um, 
systems to manage those risks. But while you are doing that, it doesn't happen immediately. You need to build a Bitcoin reserve. You need to gradually um, lower the anchor rate. You need to. It's like it happens over a period of time. Not everything can be implemented immediately. Um, so I think a lot of the time in, in, in these startups in general, if you model it as just like a startup, there are points of risk um, and transitional points where you are open to uh, failure much more than others. And I don't know, it was like Luna in its original incarnation went through a series of, of chapters and many of those chapters were quite risky and there wasn't success guaranteed in any way but he was kind of doing what was required to get to the next level to to fulfill the dream because he didn't see an easier or a quicker strategy of getting there and he believed in the overall mission so much that like the risk of failure was worth it do you think he has um do you think uh, this is a bit of psychological psychological question do you think he has a big or small ego well i i think somebody's ego can be defined in many ways like with with do Kwan, i think his intention is very very good as in the intention of like look at this why does why does um <clears throat> i don't know how much you know about the original protocol and but the whole idea with UST was to be decentralized money, right? So mm -hmm. what does what does crypto hope to achieve fundamentally? What does Bitcoin hope to achieve, right? It's the, the separation of money and state. It's financial sovereignty, financial freedom, that you can mm -hmm. have money and take it around the world and do whatever you like with it and have custody over it. And nobody can freeze it or blacklist it or take it away from you. It's, it's yours. Um, and you can carry a... A code in your head that allows you access to your wallet, and nobody can take that. It's it's entirely yours, and that preserves That's your, your, your freedom. Yeah, and that preserves your freedoms and your rights in many ways, right? Because um, you you cannot have freedom of speech or freedom to protest or assemble or travel or any of these basic human rights unless you can control your your financial basis, right? How are you going to travel? How are you going to um, do different things if you don't have financial control. That's the reason, for instance, that the the Canadian truckers had their accounts frozen, um, and that took away their ability to protest because you know you you can't afford to do that unless you have financial backing. So we see these risks all the time, and we see this probable future of CBDCs and government controlled accounts where they can be, just be turned off, they can be cancelled. Um, you know, look at look at the recent case of like um, Kanye or whatever. Um, he uh, said some stuff about Jews or whatever, and instantly JP Morgan or whoever else, just like, you're not banking here anymore. But it's going to be way worse than that. It's going to be like you say something on social media and they shut your account in a, in a switch. Um, so we have that, like, we have that future to worry about. And um, DeFi in its purest sense is to try and get us to that place. And what Dokon was building with UST was was uh, the hope for a true decentralized money that wasn't backed by fiat collateral, but instead was balanced by an algorithm and maintained its dollar peg with an algorithm with the the mint burn mechanism, its mm -hmm. counterbalance of Luna. So that was the dream, and that was why he did it, and that was uh, aligned with this this overall big why. You know, why why do you do that? Well, it's because you want freedom for all people. 
You want to actualize the separation of money from government. You want to ensure there are, you know, there are there are way easier, less challenging projects to do than this. This is like the edge of innovation in in DeFi. It's it's the thing that everyone is trying to solve. Um, and mm-hmm. also, like all of the existing things just suck you know, on many levels. Like um, centralized stablecoins, USDT and USDC suck on many levels because they can be frozen or blacklisted because um, it's a real company in the real world and it's backed by fiat collateral. And if a regulator or government wants to shut it down, they can. You know, look up USDC blacklisting or USDT freezing or whatever. You'll find a, a hundred different examples of when they have done this. So that was his dream. Like th- that's the big why um, you you want to create this new world of financial sovereignty and freedom and. Um, you want DeFi to have this decentralized money at the basis of it because it doesn't make sense otherwise. Otherwise, you're you're forever hostage to the real world, and you forever mm-hmm. inherit the risks of the real world. So that was his dream, and like you could say, you could say you need an ego to have a dream that's that big, and then have the balls to do it. That could be an ego. Like you can, mm-hmm. it's like you're 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 your willingness and your almost arrogance to have a vision and then work at it and assert it on the world and 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 do that like to 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 manage a lot of people and put a lot of money into it and kind of thrust it and actualize it onto the world is that an ego well maybe i don't know um and and uh, i think all visionaries in general all all really good founders have a degree of arrogance because um in a very simple sense if you don't have the conviction or the arrogance to have an idea and to truly believe you can make it real and make other people believe in it, then you won't do it. Like, like if you are a person who has doubt or who can't quite put themselves in the future compared to the present um, and you 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 know you don't have that ability the chances are you just won't do it all entrepreneurs kind of have i have this to a degree because i've founded a load of companies and things it's like you need to you need to believe in that vision and you need to be a little bit crazy and a little bit irrational um to do something especially with something like this because it's the edge of innovation it's a whole new financial experiment it's a financial primitive that hasn't been done before that means there's no proof that it will fully work you know, and and how does someone operate when there's no proof that it will work? They operate by being a little bit crazy, right, and a little bit arrogant to be crazy enough to invest years of time and millions of dollars to do it. Um, otherwise, they just won't do it. So, like, it goes with the territory to have a little bit of an ego because ego could be equivalent to your capacity to believe in something beyond the current state, which is a very good mm-hmm. thing. Like. It's a very good thing that that entrepreneurs and visionaries have egos because if they didn't, um, the rate of innovation would be way slower, and people would be so afraid of failure and the collapse of different systems and and whatever that they just wouldn't attempt anything. So, like, yeah, he has an ego, but the the core of it is wanting freedom, and there's a net benefit to ego in many ways because it drives innovation forward. Okay, but um, when I see um, his, when I read his tweets, um, I'm also seeing a little bit of um, 
yeah, what you just said, just a little bit of arrogance in it. And um, I, I'm just still wondering um, what you've created something never nobody did before. Um, it succeeded and then it collapsed and it wasn't your fault directly because it was in the system built in a system that it could fail um and then um you keep tweeting in a way um like um yeah you you still have that attitude and um mm, let's say um um nothing like um something like um well actually he, he hasn't have to do it because everyone who invested in that project knew the risk i think i hope um um so uh actually the people who uh, who invested in that project um has held accountable for themselves by doing that. Um, yes, I, 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 um, I threw my question back to myself. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the part of it that was like arrogance on social media or shit posting or whatever, like it's a few things. Number one, it's like, it's just how the internet is. You play around, you fuck around, you say silly things, you get a bit of attention. It's just, it's fun to operate on the internet as a persona. Um, you know, if, if you, if you feel yourself to be a completely real person on the internet, um, and you treat everyone else's verbal content or auditory content as very real and personal, you, you're in for a lot of suffering, right? <laughs> like like, um, mm -hmm. it, it, like the people who are offended at my, my jokes or whatever lately. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if, if you take that mindset and whatever somebody writes can be deeply personally offensive to you and you can get obsessed and, oh, I'm so offended and, and how dare they say that and stuff. If you live that way, then it's just like, it's an endless, terrible way to live where you'll never resolve the world. Um, because there are infinite people who will say things that offend you. You know, you need to to take an internal responsibility for how you feel, how what you think, and how you feel, and your offendedness and whatever. That that's on you because the internet is just like this this impersonal information stream, and it doesn't matter really where it comes from. Um, so, like, if you have that sense and you you have a healthy relationship with the internet, and you're playing around like like yeah you will like there's a natural kind of convergence where people become um kind of uh kind of pretend i wouldn't call it pretend but like they become very kind of loose playful personas where it's like it's more about having fun it's more about playing around and it's it's not entirely serious of itself but it's like just how a healthy way to use the internet is so it was some of that and it was also some arrogance like I would really say believes, though, some, at least 90% of the tweets that follow, I would guess 90, but I'm just sort of making that number up, like a very high proportion of the tweets that came after uh, Doe made, you know, whatever arrogant comments, whatever, were in favor of him, not against. 
So part of the thing too is like you're speaking to a specific audience and they want you to speak in a certain way. Like we would enjoy it if he kind of showed up for um, like Twitter spaces and like, you know, get involved with different things. And the community really wanted him to say kind of bullish stuff about the project mm -hmm. or maybe retweet things about stuff that's happening. So like, you know, yeah, this concept of arrogance um, or whatever, like, I don't know, like, yeah, uh, I mean, it's like, a... there's, there's quite a few things like, by the way, like whether it was like Thomas Edison, for example, whose arrogance and sort of pushiness actually made him push out Nikolai Tesla, like a significant portion of United States electricity architecture is, um, you know, based on sort of more Edison concepts instead of Tesla's. And uh, some of that is related to his, that sort of arrogance and winning out in the, in the like court of public opinion or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, so some of those things, um, you know, they tend to be a net benefit to um, the ecosystem. Like, look, uh, you could argue that, OK, Steve Jobs, if you kind of followed his career and everything. OK, all right. He was sort of like arrogant and he he believed a certain way in terms of like what products need to be built. And he got kicked out of Apple because he he reached for the sun. He built computers that were that people couldn't afford at the time. And then he went and like created Pixar. He went and created Next and all that. He came back rich and he was brought back as like CEO of the company. And he was like arrogant for the rest of the time. Like there was no point at which. <laughs> and because his phones are awesome and the company became really awesome. Like, you know, he gets a pass for that in a sense. And if you lose, you're going to be looked at as arrogant. And on the other hand, you'll have um, leaders that like if they don't win, uh, people say, hey, you didn't get out there. You didn't show the project. You didn't go and get enough yeah. people to believe in it. You're going to be blamed no matter what you do, is my, my feel. Like, no, let's say Steve, like, let's say Steve Jobs wasn't arrogant. Let's say he didn't do any of those things, you know, that everyone construes as negative. Would you necessarily have the technology um, proceed at the pace that it did? I would guess probably not. Like, he, mm. he was extremely pervasive, persuasive. Yeah. Yeah, he is extremely per persuasive and like really pushy, quite frankly, uh, when it came like, to like dealing with people. Yeah, I think it's kind of like if if a project, if an innovative project, whatever domain it is, is ambitious and by definition, by being ambitious, it has a fairly low probability of success. If you want to maximize that probability of success, you need your personality to be a catalyst to it, right? Like you need to you need to actualize that vision and really rally people around that vision. Um, and and that's in many senses why Do Kwan did what he does and why why Steve Jobs did what he does and, and why whoever does. It's because you 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 need to raise the percentage. And like, as you say, Seppi, if it goes wrong. Um, the entrepreneur's risk reward isn't just in tokens. It's it's like it's greatly amplified on reputation, like they'll be the hero of the story if it goes well. And then they'll be the, the, the one who is blamed the most in a very interesting way. It's like, it's also like human, it's like human uh, simplicity, isn't it? Just, just weird, weird human nature that they can only really blame one person. Like how many people can really um, objectively look at the, the, the blame and the, the, the true gray situation of who was truly involved. And like, um, you know, we've been talking for months about like how, 
exchanges offered UST but didn't allow um, you know one-to-one redemption and how they offered UST perps and stuff like that and and then they acted the heroes and and it's like you have these like kind of political um, narrative controller people people who people who set up the disaster and actively encourage it and make a lot of money from it and then play the heroes and like the average yeah. human mind like just focusing on one person it's, it's binance binance and ftx in particular um like the setup of their um their systems in terms of like creating the exact mechanisms to uh destroy ust and luna um now granted uh in in game theory like i guess it should have been really strongly considered hey wait a minute what happens when ust and luna go to exchanges what happens when you can short it because you know people are going to offer that capability. Is that going to be a net positive or, or negative to the ecosystem? Hadn't been fully thought out, actually, and very few discussions from TFL, right? I think uh, you almost never heard that um, risk vector being discussed. So I would say that like, that is an area that they were blindsided by. And by the time they figured out that there was a problem or like there could be a problem, um, I think that's where... like you know, the LFG thing came about because they, I think the team got hints that, uh oh, um, we're going to like this could actually be depegged. But you can't simply come out and say, by the way, Anne, well, we're being really humble here. This thing could depeg. Um, you know, we uh, like we're, we're, you know, we're going to uh, have to do something about this before it dies or something like that. If you sound negative, right, like you're overly honest or something, you're going to wreck the community anyway. On the other hand, if you say nothing, you get more people that might buy the token or something or might buy US, more UST. Um, so that could wreck a, a new set of people. And so you pretty much have to like fix the problems in the background. It's the same reason why you have like governments, they have like CIA, MI6, and other sort of clandestine organizations, because there are some things that if you fix them um, in the light of day, you might actually create a whole nother set of problems and it's weird because like well those organizations by definition can't be transparent right you have to sort of like be almost like arrogant on the outside but maybe hide your weaknesses on the inside otherwise someone can come and like stab you while you're um like setting things up and that's exactly what happened when the lfg when the uh curve pool thing happened right bruce like mm -hmm. the 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 timing and everything uh, was telegraphed when the Kerpool um, UST or whatever was going to move to and all of this other stuff. So there was some long story short, there was like some on-chain stuff that had to happen in on the Ethereum blockchain. And that was a huge amount of money. And that was announced and people kind of understood how it was happening. And, you know, theoretically that could be used as an attack vector. So the very transparency yeah. that people want, the very like um, modesty that people want is the exact same thing that, uh, you know, became the risk vector. Yeah, so. people don't think as well. Like, like uh, um, another example is like um, him him tweeting uh, on the way down, like that he's trying to save the situation. Now, if he does tweet, then at least he could try and reverse sentiment a little bit and try and decelerate or halt the run um, before it goes to zero, maybe slow it down a little bit or, you know, buy himself some time to raise a round or something like that. Um, if he doesn't tweet, the thing is it happens anyway, <laughs> right? Like it, it happens anyway. Like the, the total loss is the same, that the impact is essentially the same. 
And then people say, well, he, he encouraged me to, to stay or whatever. Well, ob- objectively, the net loss will be the same. And like, um, from a purely rational perspective, from trying to save the entire system, it's probably better to tweet because then at least you can buy yourself some time, um, even if the, the outcome is inevitably the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an example of this would be sort of like U.S. government debt right now, right? Like printing money out the wazoo. Uh, most Western countries have massive amount of debt. Uh, could you have an absolute collapse of the entire Western system all in one go? Yeah, like that could happen. We could all be poor as fuck. Like we could have a drawdown of over 90% of all assets, the value of everything in the Western world. Like that is an actual feasible possibility. Um, meaning like you have this massive crash of everything. Um, and it's very much feasible. Like you can game this out pretty readily. So yeah, like even the US dollar. Do you massive... think it's going to happen? Um, I don't know. Like I'm not, I don't get too worried about the tinfoil hat shit because I know I can't do anything about it. Nobody really can. But everyone's just praying it doesn't, right? It's both basically all a large confidence scheme. There's nothing very different about um, the major national currencies and what happened to like Terra. Um, even even major national currencies have crashed to zero, right? Like many of them, uh, most mm-hmm. of them actually in world history have all crashed to zero. It's all, all like whose arrogance was that exactly? Mm-hmm. See the problem? Like, okay. yeah, it's weird as well. Like people, I don't know. I, I missed a little bit of that because I got a, a thing, but um, it's weird as well. Like people commenting on how um, currencies work and stay stable and and like how these whole systems work when they don't really have any reference knowledge at all for like the things that cause currencies to fail in general, or how often it happens or like, um, I don't know. It's like this weird, people feel weirdly qualified to, to assess it. You know what I mean, Sefi? It's like, um, yeah, unless you are like a long term, for example, like central banker, and you sit in all the meetings to figure out, hey, how much do we raise interest rates and this and that? I mean, the reality is that most of us don't know the specific nuances of how the system works. And it turns out, actually, like if you look back at the subprime lending crisis thing, like even a lot of the world's experts didn't know how it worked, right? Like when the crash came, everyone's looking at each other going, wait, what the hell just happened? So there are many, many like, somewhat obvious risk risk factors in in the world and you know generally countries just simply have to maintain a position of arrogance so that the musical chairs keeps going until it doesn't and that's true for for anything at some level right i don't know like so yeah what is really kind of a confidence scam and what is arrogance and what isn't i'm not really sure like you like you would have to um it's a like thin even line. Luna Classic, for example. Yeah, like even Luna Classic, for example, to say that there's no risk factor, risk factors, vec- vectors when there is a relatively small number of people that know how to maintain and update the chain, or for example, like you know, there's a there's a multi-sig with a few people that you have to trust. It's not like uh, if you vote for something on the the governance that the thing can be executed without a small group of people that actually does the work, right? Um, what's to say that if you vote for something, I'm not for that that. those people actually be able to, you actually. know what I'm saying? Well, it's not a question of being yeah. for or against it. Someone has to do the work, right? You want a million people to do the work? Do you want five people? Do you want, like, who are you going to pay to do this, right? Is it going to fix itself? Is it going to update itself? No. 
So there's like, these are the risk vectors always. And if something were to happen to the core devs, or let's say someone were to steal something, or maybe there's a, a exploit in the code and something happens to the system, that's just all risk that uh, in any blockchain, we just have to sort of face that. I don't think it's a question of arrogance. It's just, it is what it is. Like any blockchain mm -hmm. can have an exploit, not just uh, one or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Classic, what's going on? Yeah, I would just like to say the big issue with Terra Luna Classic right now is there is a severe lack of testosterone in our ecosystem. I mean, when you try to value blockchains, I go to places like De DeFi Llama, try to see the TVL, and the issue is there's a lack of capital. And when there's a lack of capital, uh, there's also a lack of estrogen in our system. And that's why I think, you know, Lunkdown, Coach Bruce, and trying to bring that back to the ecosystem. However, you know, um, I think that the space's title is hot ass lunk over Luna. Fuck you. Anyway, so what mm. are we talking about? Uh, no idea, man. Like we were just talking about how uh, Do Kwan, um, we were covering kind of like uh, who he is, what he was thinking, and like what happened to to Luna, how, how Luna Classic came about. It was kind of just been a big history lesson today to some extent. <laughs> oh, dude, that's wild. You know, the fact that we're all even here at this point is wild. I mean, I wouldn't have been involved in Luna at all had this crash not happened. So, I mean, I guess it was enlightening in how bridges can be exploited and how IBC is beneficial to our uh, ecosystem overall for DeFi. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's, it sucks, man. Like, CeFi got hit pretty hard. I, I mean, people say that Terra Luna was decentralized, but it really isn't. And it kind of still isn't. I mean, it's it wasn't. led by these it, it really validator was. coalitions. It wasn't. It wasn't. Like, validator coalitions exist. Like, people were, like, roasting Dokon for the whole fork thing. But even today, I mean, you can name one influencer that probably controls 20 different validators. <laughs> so it's, it's the same exact situation right now. And uh, the sooner people get over it, I feel, and just, like, move on, man. We just got to build whatever the hell we want to build. We got to go kumbaya and uh, go after wherever the hell Sam is because he's probably having a great orgy right now. Yeah, did you see the, the materials coming out from Huobi and other people that actually uh, Alameda was the, re the reason why the Luna USD crash happened? Like it was like orchestrated by them and they're the ones that profited most from it. Pretty fascinating stuff. So one, yeah. chalk one more for, for SBF. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty good buddies with Mario and when I heard that, holy <laughs> that was um I mean we kind of knew, right? There was a centralized force that ruined Luna, but you know, I, I mean it makes sense, right? They attacked Binance. They've probably done a ton of manipulation in different assets. They were ghosting their order books. Most of the crypto pump probably just faked out from Alameda, if I'm honest. So I mean, what else happened, right? That we just don't know about yet. Well, the it's more, the more, so much. even more interesting than Luna is that um, Alameda spiffed, spoofed um, a significant portion of the uh, use their funds and consumer funds to spoof like the Bitcoin order books as well. And that, like, yeah, that's the, what the, I was the, getting the at. 65 yeah. K, the 65K Bitcoin uh, push, like the, 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 uh, the general direction of Bitcoin was actually driven by some of this and therefore like the entire crypto crash and the, the pump and the dump were sort of orchestrated. Pretty fascinating stuff. You know what I did? <laughs> I um, put a voting poll on my Twitter page. Um, 
with the quote um, who is for or against working together it's um it's it's going this way Luna Clisser community who is for or against working together with Luna 2.0 and um a lot of people um have photos already and it's 70 75% for and 25% no that's good i've brainwashed everyone at last I've brainwashed them all that <laughs> took a while. But like, I, I don't think you should even ask those questions because if they feel they have a choice, then they might resist. You need to threaten them. You need to um, make them feel this is the only hope they have. You need to be saying things like, if, you, if we don't upgrade the chain and work with Luna, this thing is dead forever. If we don't upgrade the chain and work with Luna, I'm gonna capture you and put you in a cage um, with <laughs> some kind of animal. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't, democracy it's if you give people democracy they have a chance of picking the option that doesn't help anyone um it's much better that a set of smart people decide what is best for the the crowd and then they they use threat of punishment to enforce that reality for but the good I, of all. it's something i as a really little small any patini dummy silly little um Pixel pixel in the world can can do um, to do something. Oh, and by the way, um, I was in a space with Happy Catty Crypto. I've asked I, I could ask ask him uh, questions for about half an hour. He gave me such a lot of time, and I asked him the same question. What do you think about um, Luna 2.0 and Luna Classic working together? Because of Luna has the um, the good coders, the good um, uh, the, the, the developers, and we've got the community and um, the but no one or two coders. And um, he was actually. Um, kind of enthusiastic for that. Um, so, um, I brought it up. You know why he's enthusiastic? It's because I'm threatened him. Yeah. Yeah, he threatened the pretty much every influencer. Yep. <laughs> uh, you don't. People, people see people see this stuff on the surface, like, oh, Lunkdown is doing his funny tweets or whatever. But in the back channels, I'm like. You motherfucker! You better, you better fucking uh, announce your support for Luna. Otherwise, this whole thing is dead, and I'm taking down your fucking uh, influencer page. Uh, your life is is limited unless you support Luna, because Dokorn is behind me. And if you don't do this, then I'm gonna um, make an order on the assassination market on your head. Yeah, I mean it's Lunkdal's fault that Terra Luna Classic didn't burn. All of its supply in six. <laughs> but uh, you, you, you always could have said to me, "Oh, well, um, good, and you're good business. <laughs> you're, you're, you're do doing well by um, doing such a little thing." But it, 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 every little thing makes a big thing. You can start small and then 
um, throw a little bit of sand into the beach and then it will grow into a great beach and then we will build an uh we will build an hotel on the beach and it will it will grow and grow and grow so um, yeah every little bit does something i think i hope you know like i'm sorry i'm rambling (laughs) you know like we don't really have a lot of coders right and you know like we're throwing around four million dollars so that's pretty cool but i mean for a second have we thought about just like giving community pool money to some of these dApps in other chains in cosmos and maybe they'll be the smart guys fixing our chain no that makes a lot of sense i think I think the main thing is we need to admit that we are simple people here over at the Lung community. We 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 have big hearts, but we have small brains, classy. You know, we're we're a, we're a band of of loving lads. We uh we we surge across the sea in our boats, and we we're excited for the future, but we don't quite know uh, much about life. You know what I mean? We're we're a happy grunch. Um, we don't know about any of that code or anything like that. We don't know about any of that Python or that Rust or those smart contracts or anything like that. That's all complicated nerd stuff. We're just here to have fun. We lift weights. We drink beer. We're, we're the lunk crew, right? We're, we're, uh, we're, we're the small people with a dream. We're the peasants who wander into town every now and then. We live in the villages and the hamlets. We, uh, we, we keep our turkeys and our chickens. Um, but we don't know anything about the city life and, and finance and money and stuff like that. We're just happy with the simple things. That That's who we are. You know, don't don't try and turn us into coders. Don't try and turn us into these nerds who can build these big, sophisticated apps and these horrifically complicated designs and algorithms and things like that. No, we can just upgrade this chain and then steal it all. Yeah, look look what's happening with the uh, Adam Adam two point um, discussion, right? You have like a couple of camps, some people that want to do it, some that don't, and then you have like uh, people that'll say, "Well, you didn't tell us about this thing." Like, even though it's been going on for months, uh, you have people that haven't read the white paper. You have people that uh, like a significant portion of folks don't care. On the other hand, you know, like. Uh, there is a credible development team that can build the thing and the worry of the community as well you're just going to waste all of the treasury funds that get created created by this proposal so even even on a like three or four billion dollar chain you still have the same old arguments being hashed out um in my mind the real question is like can can decentralized governance actually work and my suspicion is that it can't or i haven't seen any really good evidence of it working so far um, I've, i'm wholesale unimpressed by decentralized governance it largely looks like a stupid thing to me oh yeah like like one of the reasons where one of the reasons we're kind of bullish on on luna 2 and and doquan and stuff is because with his little dictatorial regime with tfl and and uh telling people what to do he achieves so fucking much so quickly like like it was probably some of the quickest speed of execution and the quality of execution in the whole of crypto um just just building out that ecosystem rapidly around usd insane uh and like the same it's the same thing that polygon's doing right now they're not doing all that shit decentralized they're just going straight business development mm. and he's done the same now bear in mind like the one of the reasons i'm have quite high conviction in doquan 
um, aside from the past is because after the crash, he just immediately fucking started building. And like they build an enormous amount of stuff, Seppi. Like, like they they built even double what they might release. They're not quite sure. Like they, they built extra. Um, and uh, and the 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 reason that things aren't being rolled out quite yet is because there are various steps along the way, like the the repair of the reputation, the release of reports, um, the release of fundamental infrastructures like this interchain alliance thing, um, and whatever else. That that's all coming first, but then they have a load of apps already built to be released too. Um, it's just being it, it's being strategically ordered in a sequence to be maximally effective, right? And th like, there's no point in releasing something right now that's that's big and important or an interesting app, because right now, Doquan's reputation is kind of compromised. So it's worth them doing things like releasing reports first, or, you know, um, people starting to wake up to maybe whatever Sam did or, or stuff like that. And then on the the wave of the, the reputational repair, then you release stuff and you're like, oh, look, um, not only is he innocent, but he's also spent the last six months building all this cool shit. You know, that's like a, a nice trajectory. That's the platform for the rocket. Um, so it's an interesting time. But like one of the reasons I'm quite bullish on him is just his like sheer resiliency. Um, did you ever read that message I wrote in the builder chat, Seppi? Whereas like um I find it pretty amazing that after that crash, you just immediately got to work. Um and he was like, Thank you, thank you. Like it's 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 true, right? It's insane. Like imagine going through that and then just immediately um getting to work on on building the future again it's pretty crazy um may i uh, sorry i i have to say one thing um i listen to the lunar classic spaces very often and in the lunar classic community there are lots of intelligent people um who can create awesome things and um i think um they're in a stage now that they realize they there have there have to be created utility create utility and i think it will happen and um we need a little bit support um that's my opinion um uh, in the coding and development development um, um, department, as <laughs> so you say, but um, I think there are. When I listen to the spaces and then the good spaces, there are so many intelligent people um, having really good ideas. There's someone, a madman, who was just in your space um for a while ago he is an amazing intelligent person um who has has an idea and he is working with um tobias at the moment i think um so there there is actually really a great potential in the, the lunar classic community and um but I think we need a little help with uh, upgrading the chain so we can communicate with um, Luna 2.0 and communicate in the whole cosmos system. Um, 
but I think that will happen. It will happen. It must happen. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to uh, come over with a bulldozer and all my five dogs. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I really, I really think it will happen. Sorry, I have, to, I has, I have to say this. Hmm. Sophie, do you ever get the sense when people are talking in these spaces that it's kind of like uh, people need to mute themselves? Okay. Sorry, um, I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> it's not you, it's the bitter guy. Um, it's There's a weird sense that like people are still in this kind of, uh, how do I describe it? Like almost like a, a, a tribal situation 20,000 years ago. And when they talk about things like IBC or upgrading the chain, what they're really talking about is like the next rain that's coming. <laughs> they're talking about like, when will the next rain come to fill up our jars? And, uh, and when will, the, when will the, 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 the group of warthogs come near our tribe so we can kill them and get the meat? Like there's this sense that, that, that it's like the same structure of concepts has been applied instead to like IBC and, and maybe like Luna is the, the warring tribe just like five kilometers away in the rainforest. And, uh, and <laughs> IBC is like the rain that's coming and the warthogs are like the upgrade. We've got to get the upgrade. And the upgrade is like, it's like, where, where are the warthogs? I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> there's something funny about it. Like the way people just kind of integrate these these concepts, and it's like you can tell the mental mapping is like identical to these tribal situations, like these caveman times. It's just I don't know. It's funny to me. Um, Are you talking to me about me now? No, I just yeah, in general, definitely. but also <laughs> everyone. <laughs> definitely you. You can just you can just say you're talking about me. <laughs> no, I know. Talking about everyone, like it's, it's just like people. It's it's one of these weird ways in which the the human brain is like still so old. Like not much has really changed. Like some things evolve pretty quick, but like this this component of our being is like it's it's very much still ten thousand years ago, twenty thousand years ago, thirty thousand years ago. But it's like mapped itself to blockchains now. <laughs> so it's like the way people talk. It's like you can imagine them kind of huddling around a tree and like they're in there they're in like little canvas um bits of clothing and stuff and they're chewing on their their tobacco leaves or whatever and they're saying to each other you know one day ibc will come <laughs> so about it. yeah i i think um i see that like every day because I, I i go on youtube right to get references on what's going on and then recently, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's just people excited about IBC and trillion coin burns. But who the fuck is facilitating this? And I mean, is it just copium? One of the things is I I've got a good buddy and he comes from the Sappy Seals community. You know, we're, all, we're not all the brightest people. I'll be honest. But uh, he did an initiative. He just bridged the Ethereum chain with, uh, with Cardano, essentially, in their CNFT communities. And pretty much hit all-time highs the other day. Because they just got over it all. Instead of just talking about Cardano pumping and uh, these other chains being losers, because that's, you know, pretty much tribalism. And yeah, I do think our brains are, are, are still primitive 
by default. He managed to bridge these communities and just get out of the moon boy phase. And, you know, the average holder is always going to just invest into these coins for for the financial gains. They're they're scared of inflation or whatever else it might be. I mean, I've gotten countless DMs of people saying I got liquidated. Probably more than half of them are scams. And they're like, please, Classy, save me. Please. I invested in my life savings and I failed. And I was like, okay, but like, you know, you don't see me out here trying to get pity points. My brother just gets drunk and just fucking all ins. Now, I guess what I did, I bought three cute little axes and I made it back. So, you know, you, you pick yourself up and, and you find solutions for things. You don't just go IBC equal pump. Sure, it might pump a little bit, but it, I mean, it's, it's not going to cause it to go back to all time highs. It's just not how it works. Get the, you and Bruce, like, you guys get the strangest messages. I don't get any of these messages from people. It's kind oh, of funny. I put, I'm not I even sure what you're talking yeah, about. I got a lot. <laughs> I've got a fuckload. Um, but it's uh, mainly just people begging, though. Like thousands and thousands and thousands of, of like, please, Lunkdow, save me. It's, um, People don't blame me if it goes wrong so much, but it's like they they just beg a fuckload. They also seem like classy. They seem to think that, they seem to think that Lungdao is like the the um it's it's almost like the brand or the building for Lunk. Uh, people talk to me sometimes about like you need to uh, you need to represent the brand better. I'm like, what brand? <laughs> I'm like, it's just a fucking Twitter page, <laughs> and I'm like, I dig into it a bit, and like the more they talk, they're like they're talking as if like. Uh, I'm I'm the the leader of the blockchain. You're the messiah. Yeah, well, like the leader of the blockchain, like the the elected representative. And often people talk in another way, which is like um, Bruce should be removed from power. And I'm like, what power? <laughs> like, who's going to remove? Dude, if only they knew. Yep, yep. If I mean, if only I they fucking knew. Some well, people are like, classy. You have three billion staked on your Lunk validator, and then I'm like, bro, I'm losing like fucking nine hundred dollars a month. Do you really think I give a fuck about my investment and my profits on a Luna Classic validator? Like, it's like, first off, I'm not part of Terror Rebels. I'm not part of any of these organizations. I'm literally a moon boy that goes on YouTube and says, a dollar lunk tomorrow. Like, what is wrong with me? So the last person you should probably listen to is me. You know, the, the, the FTX collapse was a, a great, uh, I, I guess, a wake-up call for a lot of people. Why the hell do you have to trust people that just focus on algorithms i mean i don't go and look at charts all day i look at how to optimize my videos for views that's literally what i do right so <laughs> you need to start thinking in the sense that these people probably don't have your best financial interest in mind when they're making these videos it's more so like you know it's you know it's actually kind of funny yeah it's funny that dogecoin has outperformed almost all of the like legit organizations outside of the BNB token. <laughs> the entire thing is just hilarious. Like, and it's going to keep FTT, going up, buddy. FTT, Voyager, yeah, like half a dozen uh, bridge hacks and this, that, and the other thing. And of all of the funny things, like, like Doge actually maintained, it's really kind of embarrassing. It's, it's just funny for every, like, it's like embarrassing for the crypto community. Like everyone that bought Dogecoin near the bottom in 2020 is doing fine now. Um, and like everybody that bought all these other things got screwed. There's a lot of interesting dynamics now. It's like, um, Doge is kind of weirdly, it's like, it's like operating outside of the market because it's anchored to, to Elon, like, right. And then, um, like if you want a safe store of value right now, uh, one of the best ones is probably Luna just because, just because like earlier in the year, um, from May onwards, 
all of the FUD meant that everyone who suspected Do Kwon was evil or whatever, they all sold. So it's like everyone who wanted to sell has already sold. And therefore, there's not much sell pressure anymore. Therefore, whenever the market crashes, there's nowhere near as much to drop because everyone who has already sold, it's like mainly the people who want to hold it long term who hold now. Um, so it, it, it decelerates a lot slower um, whenever the market crashes. So it's like you have if you want to store a value now, it's like you have Doge and you have uh, Luna because it's already like max fudded and you have other things. And it's like it's, it's just this weird kind of situation where it's like you have to kind of mentally map it in a different way. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's peculiar. Yeah, like if it's at zero, it can only go up, right? Yeah, like one of the the interesting things about the the new Luna, I know it's like heresy to to mention it. The one of the interesting but, things is that yeah, it had it had so much negative news. Like I was watching this in real time. Like all of these accounts, like the the fat mans and the the news articles and whatever came out and it was like Interpol red notice, arrest warrant, whatever, whatever. Doquan has done this. Doquan is a serial killer. Doquan is a psychopath. And then like these funny news articles came out, which was like, um, th- did you ever see this stuff? It was like a news article on on drug dealing in the TFL office. And um, Doquan threatened the lives of people and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, just pure really nonsense. Yeah, what? Very funny. Like pure yeah, nonsense. And, yeah, and and. But the interesting thing was it like it dropped and dropped and another article come out and then it dropped again and then another article come out and then it dropped again. And then it's like at a certain point, articles kept coming out and nothing happened. It was like everyone was desensitized. You know, when you watch the, the media on, say, COVID or war or something like that, after a certain point, it's like, you know, it was shocking to start with, but then you just get desensitized. So it's like if you're going to act or sell or do something like that, then you do it. And at a certain point, everyone who hasn't sold either intends to hold long-term or they just don't care about the news anymore um, or whatever. But it's like, it's it's an interesting thing because Luna, all of the people sold and sold and sold and sold until they didn't sell anymore. Um, and then like all new news had no effect because it's like everyone who wants to sell has already sold. Um, so it's one of those things where it has like, fairly minimal downside i would say just because the sefi would call it like seller exhaustion right um it, it's like an interesting thing and then you combine that with the fact that all of these mis these, this like misinformation and all of the lies that have been spread and stuff and now like more information about sam and alameda being behind the collapse um being behind the attack on the ust peg um you combine it with all of that, it suddenly starts looking very interesting, I think. It's it's like, mm, this thing is going to turn around. I don't know how long it's going to take, but it will at some point. And also, if the market just dies completely, then Luna has already died. <laughs> like, it's done the work in advance. Look at the look at the Google trend um, I posted up above on Luna, by the way. You'll notice it's, it's begun. <laughs> so... It's uh, yeah, it's I'm like the number time. three influencer on Luna at this point. Yeah, I, I'm like number one, <laughs> Lunk Dow. <laughs> I change it every now and then. Have you seen this class? Yeah, I like change it to like Luna Dow, Quan Dow. Were you like Cosmos Dow at some point? Wasn't I what? The Cosmos Dow? Yeah, Cosmos Dow. I've been USTC Dow. I was Quan Dow the other day. Like, I keep changing. I might, I might do Classy Dow at some point or some other people. Yeah, a lot of people actually thought I was like the CEO and face of Lunkdao for like the longest time. It was great. You are. 
And to be honest, you know, as Lung CEO 69, I have great responsibility to bring this chain to life again. And all I can say is, uh, you know, like win moon, win IBC, honestly, just, just pump it, please. I'm down like 99%, just, just pump it. Why not? I like this IBC thing. People, like when people talk, they definitely think of IBC as like Sefi. They think of IBC as like a thing that will cause like a 5X. Like, yeah, when when IBC is enabled, then everything will change. We'll be connected. A free flow of capital. All of the other chains flowing into us like gold syrup flowing up <laughs> pipe towards the like blockchain. Dude, uh, it, don't we already have like a couple chains open? Sorry, channels, excuse me. I think that's already happening. Mm, like I so looked you, at this little map of zones or some shit someone sent me in like Terra Rebels and they were like, yeah, like technically we have some channels open that can come to Lunk. And then I'm like, I mean, if that's true, then I mean, how much capital are we actually going to get? I mean, if we don't have any dApps, why would people come, right? Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's, I don't know. Sefi, you could probably answer better. If you're still well, you have to, the channels have to be open, but you also have to have uh, a, a DEX, right? Like, there would need to be, um, yeah, so you, you would have to have a DEX to go in and out. Um, and, yeah, like you said, you need dApps and things to make use of going over there. But that's just kind of one step. It's not like, you know, everything happens all at once. You have to create that, and then once you have that ready, then, like, other people can... Um, you know, you can you can then like build those dApps, but that those things have to be put together first to even like start creating anything. Mm. Honestly, Man, I kind of I, I, it's maybe a little bit heretic, but I see I see kind of um, Luna as a bit of a dormant train uh, because of a few different factors, like all of the existing FUD, which is greatly undervalued. It essentially um, all of the stuff that's being built right now like the interesting developments and also Do Kwon's um, capacity to clear his name. Like, I don't know if you know this, Classy, but um, a report, an audit is coming out on Wednesday. Uh, I Dude, think. I need to talk to that man. Like, we, we need to clear that shit up. Yeah, but like, um, the, the hope is like the, the report comes out and intelligent people read it and then the intelligent people who are generally um, the influencers or the leaders or the big accounts or whatever who know more stuff um, can start to transmit that to everyone else and then things start to change. But like all of these factors, I, I think kind of contribute to, to Luna being a bit of a potential rocket, like in the same way that, that Lunk was in May, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a serious movement, um, to like $10 or something, um, in, in fairly short order, um, given, given a combination of like, the Sam blaming narrative and the releases and also the, the clearing of the name through reports and things. Um, and also if like Do Kwon just kind of muscles into the, the current scene, like, I don't know if you saw that, that um, podcast with, with Kobe and Martin. Yeah, I did. It was hilarious. Yeah. Like stuff like that is, is just kind of really fun. And I, he's pretty good at that when he does it. I think he wanted to tone it down a little bit. Like he, I think he's a little bit conflicted, right? Because a big reason that the old Luna worked wasn't just UST and like the beauty of the idea. It was also his personality, like that kind of supported it in many ways. Um, and he said this time he wants to like concentrate on the ideas rather than him as a person. But in many ways, like 
being the right kind of person right now can significantly help. Like it's it's just like his means to transmute attention. Like there's a there's a there's a raw kind of attention here, and he can be an alchemist and he can transform that into something cool. Um, but like it's up to him if he wants to be in the limelight or not. Yeah, what do you think about that interview? I forget who that chick was, but they interviewed Fat Man with a voice modulator. I mean, are you using a voice modulator and are you Doquan? No. Um, yes, no. But like, uh, I don't like that woman, man. Like, I think she is uh, kind of a stale, horrible woman. Um, Laura Shin is her name. She's, we had a, <laughs> he came kind of late because we talked about this thing for like half an hour earlier. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was a bit of a ridiculous interview. Like the way she asked Doquan questions as if he was guilty. And then she asked uh, Fat Man questions as if he had no bad side at all and was like this angel. Um, so it was like, I don't know, just a, a weird thing for everyone. One of the weirdest things in general is that, that uh, Fat Man has never had any support from the old community. Nobody in the old community who was actually here has ever agreed with him. He just started speaking um, as if he was representing us. But like every single one of us, basically, except like a few morons, have fully rejected him. Like right from the start, like we realized that the the claims he was making and stuff, um, even in the first few weeks, were just like bullshit. Um, Pure bullshit, started, fabricated nonsense. They, yep. They started to amp up really, really quickly. Like they they started going crazy. It was like um, to start with, hey, I'm Fat Man. I'm researching this. Da da da. Like the apparent um, apparent like kind of you know I'm a serious researcher guy. And then it was suddenly like Doquan is a psychopath. There's an an employee is saying that Doquan threatened his life, and it, it just like spiraled like crazy. And then yeah, we were the like, engagement oh. farmer. yeah, like a pure, a very pure engagement farmer. And then obviously he started tried to start a validator and other stuff. It's like, hmm, <laughs> you know, you're 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 using the the heartbreak of the community, and by heartbreak, in a rational sense, I mean the the need of people to find information about what happened, to find certainty about what happened, to psychologically to try and blame someone. Like it's easier to be angry at someone, like somebody caused this, somebody was a criminal. Um and also to try and promise them hope for recom re like compensation. Like in the early days in Discord and and various things and he was messaging people in mass. He was saying stuff like, you know, if you support me and you support this lawsuit, there's a 50% chance of getting compensation. Like he was saying this kind of stuff again and again and again. So he got this massive following on the basis of like, I'll get your money back, you know, support me and I know what's right and I can prove this is all um, a criminal act and I'm going to get your money back. And that's why he got all these followers. Um, but like many of the followers were just uh, people from other communities who were like, Oh, I'm gonna keep track of this like Ponzi, and it's gonna. There was also a drive to like because um, other communities had been jealous or kind of critical of the whole scheme to start with, and um, and Doquan had caused a few Twitter wars and things like that. There was also this incentive of like um, kind of an attitude of "I told you so," like "I told you this was a Ponzi," "I told you it was a scam," and then there was a very tribal kind of pile on. Uh, to to the whole situation, and they kind of retweeted the fat man things. They were like, you know, look at this. I told you so. I told you so. Even though it was unsubstantiated, it proved their existing beliefs, right? 
it's it's um it's easier to tell someone something when they want to believe it already. Like if there's an incentive to want to believe something, it's very easy to feed that person um a certain tweet, a certain piece of content, and have them retweet it because like they're very comfortable in that, and it proves them right. It validates them. So there was all of that stuff happening, and he got this massive following. Um, but like the original community, the ones who were actually there and actually understood it, like me and Sefi, and uh, I mean, to some degree, uh, you said you had some before, um, Classy. Like none of us- I did not. You didn't, okay, whatever. But like um, none of us had uh, any support for him. So it was interesting, like this this so-called spokesperson, the so-called like warrior and, and um, crusader of justice and stuff actually, had no support at all from the people he was supposed to be crusading for. You know, I, I got a few questions there. I mean, he made a Luna validator. Did he just give up after a tweet? What happened there? Did he did he get jailed by Doquan? No, because you need to, you know, I mean, you know this well, like you need to um, for the validator get, site, yeah. Well, I think it's different with Lunk, right? Because the, the set is like 130. So you can get in it quite easily. Um, you can get active early, even if you're not breaking even. But um, with with the the lunar set, uh, the active slots were full. So to get in the active slots, you need a certain amount of lunar to get up there. Um, and I think uh, he just failed. Like he failed to get enough support. Not enough people delegated with him. And then um, because you only get rewards if you're in the active set, um, he didn't have sufficient lunar. So none of the stakers got any rewards. He didn't manage to get any rewards, therefore he couldn't pay for his validator, therefore he shut down. So he just failed, like it was a failed grift. That's all it was. Like he he didn't manage to turn his hundred uh, k followers or whatever into actual supporters of him, um, which is quite beautiful in a way because it's like uh, you know it's it would also, be sad. Bruce, if you think about it, like if he wasn't just simply engagement farming, why in the world would he start a validator? Right. Like, like if you didn't like the chain or you didn't like these projects, why in the fuck would you start a validator? So it's clear he's clearly a grifter. No question about it. Yeah, yeah. I remember looking into it a while ago with the Luna validator thing, and it was like eight hundred thousand dollars or something like that, which is honestly not that much for a guy with a hundred thousand followers. And it, and it makes me think, like, I feel like there are only four people in the Luna community. I mean, I've spoken to a couple people. Obviously, you know, I'm not Coach Bruce, uh, core developer of Terra Luna Classic and CEO of the entire chain. But like, it just feels like no one's there, man. Like, it, there's there's no one to talk to ever. I, I mean, is it just developers that were there before on Anchor Protocol that are just like bankrupt now? Or who's even there? You mean the new chain? Uh, the Luna chain? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think a lot of the the old community kind of went quiet and they were heartbroken. They had to go back to their jobs. They decided to no longer put so much faith in crypto anymore. Um, I mean, it's hard to be super enthusiastic after a, a massive crash like that, right? It's, um, I don't know. I think a lot of people were just heartbroken, but like a, a lot of people are building and stuff and a lot of people are starting to speak about it. But I think um, in order for them to become true advocates again and really get enthusiastic, then you need some upwards price movement. You need some releases. You need some more name clearing and stuff like that. And then this whole kind of army comes alive more. Um, it, I, I see it kind of like this 
do you know how the the airdrop and stuff worked, Classy? Like with the lunatic? Yeah, I, I got I got a couple Luna tokens that need to be airdropped. Yeah. yeah. So so um, there's like this this interesting dormant network of people, and it's like when the price is low, there's not so much incentive to become like a mad shiller and to get too in, in, enthusiastic because um, right now like. I mean, I had I had millions of dollars in the old Luna, but now it's worth like uh, not much at all. But as the price goes up, you know, as Luna rolls out more things and the price goes up and and uh, the sentiment shifts, then when I have more money, then presumably I'm going to be more incentivized to start shilling the fuck out of it. Right? And it's like there's this interesting um, phenomenon, which is like this this dormant network of people who will come alive more and more and more and become more enthusiastic more and more and more as the price goes up, uh, which is quite interesting. And also, I think, you know, like um, when you think about cancel culture or something like that, when, when let's say a celebrity has some accusation against him, like, oh, this celebrity sexually assaulted me or something, and there's no proof for that, even though um, there might be no proof for that, that, that celebrity will still have a bad reputation. Like people will start to speak about it. People will start to say like, you know, me too. He did that to me as well. Um, people will kind of ostracize him. He might lose brand deals or whatever. It, it's And it's very hard to fight back against that, right? Because often you can't disprove an accusation or it takes years and years of court or whatever else. Um, and even then it's quite uncertain. But, but with crypto, there's an interesting phenomenon, which is like uh, when the price goes up, the people whose bags you were talking about, like the airdrop lunar bags, are the ones who will be advocates for your cause. So it's like this anti-cancel effect, in my opinion. It's like um, the, the, the phenomena of the price going up leads people to speak more and more and more and count, counter this cancellation. So it's like you get this, not only an enthusiasm, but like an advocate effect. And that advocate effect like acts to spread the truth around all of crypto. And then the whole sentiment kind of changes even faster. So it's like this this interesting sentiment multiplication effect. Um, I think there are really interesting dynamics with with crypto and stuff. It's like you you can see how um, Do Kwon has been cancelled in a sense and considered a bad guy. Like that guy should be in prison. That guy's a fraud or whatever. But at the same time, you have this like dormant force of like when the price goes up, everyone who is is an airdrop holder um, who holds the new lunar is going to help oppose that. Um, it's just that you need the action of the the initial pumps to happen first. Yeah, I guess like no matter what, if your bags are pumping, you're you're just gonna go ahead and fight for them. You, you see that yeah. with every cryptocurrency. I mean, I, YouTubers are probably the best case in point for social sentiment at any given moment. They think the same exact way as like the average investor. So like, if they're covering a cryptocurrency, at this point, I have like spreadsheets on on what YouTubers cover because. If you can kind of catch them right as they begin covering it, you just see these huge spirals of engagement come in just yep. one big flow and, and, a, and a good old pump and dump just happens. So, you know, I, I always wonder if, if you guys are so optimistic on Luna 2.0 and, and, you know, surely hopefully this ecosystem comes back and the chain achieves parity. Where is Lunk in all this? Because, I mean, it, it feels like when I was making my video, I wondered if one of the reasons Do Kwon ended up going for this fork was so that the opposing faction would go to Luna Classic, get a portion of this airdrop, 
And then just over time, as progress was slow on Luna Classic, they just migrate over to Luna 2.0. Um, no. You, do you know why the fork happened? Like, do you understand the full details of it and stuff? Well, I understand the part that, you know, catastrophic event and they want to make their money back. So fully diluted value is like insane, right? And, yeah. you know, if the price goes back up, they make their money back. But like, I, I feel like there's like ulterior motives other than just that. That mm. even if it wasn't on purpose, it definitely helps them in the future. Mm. Well, I, th I think everyone in the old lunar community expected lunk to die and at the start i was pretty much the only one who like like it was quite funny really like right at the start when when uh the lunk blockchain had essentially died and gone to almost zero that day i was posting stuff like we should turn um lunk into this crazy meme chain Let, let's forget about the past like let's reimagine it we still have all these resources let's try and like reframe it and reimagine it and like try and imagine a situation where the heartbreak hasn't happened but we simply have these resources available to us in the present like what do we do with that um so i was i was thinking like that and then i started to like think about how to create this this burn narrative and get there and stuff like that but at the time everyone in the old community considered it dead like honestly and that lasted for many many months they they all considered it dead there was no thought at all about um the old lunar um the old well, what became lunk because everyone was so diluted i think people underestimate the degree of dilution like i had i had almost eight figures in in the original lunar um in terms of like dollar amount and it became basically like a dollar so like uh, from from like many, many, many houses being able to buy to a chocolate bar, um, that that was the extent of dilution, right? Like it wasn't just, um, you know, my hundred dollars became ten dollars. It was that millions and millions of dollars became one dollar. So a, a true um, complete extermination of the entirety of my wealth um, in Luna. And then um, so that was like one of the reasons why why people focused on the new chain is because it was the only way to preserve the proportionate distribution um, as, as the old community. Like they took a snapshot from before the DPEG event and that was like the distribution of wealth um, as it was. And, and they roughly recreated that. They allow people to buy in too, which is quite interesting. Like if somebody believed in, in the future and they, they didn't have a bad opinion on Doquan or whatever, they could buy in afterwards um, if they held uh, lunar or UST after the crash, which is quite interesting as well. Um, yeah, but, that was but, my story. Yeah, yeah, but but essentially, like the, the amount of dilution was so extreme that um, the new chain was was the main focus. And like, I think on a moral level, um, yeah, I, I would say a moral level, Do Kwon realized that the the only real way to do right by the community who were wrecked was to preserve the distribution of wealth, right? Because if he had started building on Lunk, for instance, like the, the old community owned such a tiny amount and and that whole distribution had been so wrecked that there was no hope for repair. Like how fair is it, for instance, if um, I had, you know, say seven, eight million dollars or something like that, and then I have one dollar worth of Lunk um, for the same quantity of Lunk, and then somebody buys in you know, some random person from India or whatever buys in for three dollars, and they have three times as much as I did. <laughs> you know, they've essentially bought like uh, um, 
21 million dollars worth of lunk in in the old value for three dollars like it makes no sense right and it's kind of unfair and ridiculous so um and and even if uh the lunk blockchain does 100x or something i would still have a hundred dollars that's all i'd have um which is like what the the cost of a, a toy car like a remote control car or something it's it's like nothing i could ever get um repair with so the reason for the new chain is just to to preserve the distribution of the community and to to ensure that like there's fairness there at least so at least then you're building from that foundation of fairness um where where there's something similar to before and that allows you to preserve one of the main assets which is like the the old community of intelligent people and their their network together and their willingness to build on the chain and their incentive to make it work and the way they'll they'll reanimate when the price goes up um, and stuff like that. But but yeah, I, I would say that um, what has happened with Lunk wasn't planned. Like there's no conspiracy to use it or to go back there or something like that. But at the same time, since it did happen, there's there's an amount of of resources there, right? Like there are people. There's enthusiasm. There's there's passion. There's all of the the current um, community there's their needs their hopes um there's everything else there's the way it's expanded there's the amount of wallet installs i think when staking was released and around that time something like half a million new wallets were installed um according to the terror station dashboard and all of that stuff is interesting right like it's it's a big resource and the interesting thing is that um there's there's half of the equation so there's the people and the passion and and the the emotion and the vigor and everything else and and the the good stuff, um, but at the same time, like there's not much building. There's there's not many apps. You know, people uh, want some structure. They want some leadership. They want uh, what they call a utility. You know, they want stuff to be happening mainly on a kind of human level. They want some kind of narrative, something to be excited about, um, something to focus on, some some upcoming thing that that will present some kind of um, possibility or change or unfoldment or increase in whatever. Um, and I, I think the opportunity is that Luna offers much of that. Like, and what has happened with Luna is that there's a lot of building happening, but the sentiment is quite depressed. And the, the reputation issue is there. And, you know, Do Kwon is kind of repairing himself. And, um, the old community is quite heartbroken and silent, and they're kind of afraid of speaking because they have um, reputation damaged by association with Do Kwon. So, like, there's a lot of fear and heartbreak and quietness and stuff there. And on the other end, you have Lunk, where there's an active and loud community and there's a good spirit, but at the same time, they lack what Luna has. You see what I mean? So it's like you have, in my conception, there's an interesting jigsaw where it's like, hang on a minute, the this has all happened spontaneously and kind of in a fascinating way and almost like in a surprising way. But at the same time, you have you almost have two jigsaw pieces that can fit together where you combine like the, the energy and the spirit with the with the building on Lung, on Luna. And and it, it doesn't even need to be described as a, a 50-50 trade-off. You could even visualize it like Lunk just steals everything that Luna builds, right? If if they upgrade the chain, then there's a massive incentive for devs to simply copy and paste their apps onto the Lunk blockchain. And by doing so, they capture all of the volume, all of the market cap of Lunk with basically no time or effort. And that's great for them. And it's great for the community too. So it's like you get everything for free. Um, 
but I think maybe one of the main benefits is like the way that the current lung community would become advocates for uh, maybe Do Kwan and what he's built and the, the contribution to their chain and everything else. And then you can imagine like the way that um, the the ongoing sentiment change and the reputation repair and the way that, that the lunar community helps the lung one and, and all of that in unfoldment could could just like help everyone. Like I'm one of those people that thinks in any situation, there's a way of, of resourcefully using it for the betterment of all people. Um, and often those situations are kind of insane and confusing and they happen spontaneously. And it's like, you're not quite sure the, the pieces of the puzzle you have. But in my opinion, there's always a way to use them um, to help both both sides of it. Um, and I, I think, you know, the obvious play here is like upgrade the chain, get that done, spend whatever you need to spend to to pay the devs and make them slaves to do that. Um, and then just like start deploying stuff that's on Luna on Lunk 2 and just see what happens. Um, and, and that way, like, and, and watch what happens organically with the communities as they start to uh, kind of enmesh with each other. And maybe the, the Luna builders come over and they start to explain the apps and then the, the Lunk people get to know the Luna people, right? And everything starts to kind of blend a little bit. And there's a more active community of both because then you have the builders talking and you have the community excited. Um, and suddenly like, the people who were quiet and heartbroken on the old chain are suddenly way more enthusiastic and like, oh, hang on a minute, this this stuff is like fun again because people want to use our products and like they're excited and 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 this is the life and the passion we need and like um, all of these people who are using our things and, and using our apps and whatever are helping with with the general sentiment um, and you know everyone is starting to wake up to what actually happened and like you know we're just the heartbroken people and and we were part of this failed experiment we lost our lives and and um net worths and whatever and um i don't know for me there's like this beautiful vision where um we we use what happened and there's no plan but at the same time like there's an opportunity and i think that's that's a very cool thing yeah i mean when i got into luna classic that was i, I mean i got in before it even became luna classic it was right after that crash um, I was the pea brain that played futures on it and made a couple thousand dollars longing Terra Luna mid crash. By the way, I don't know how the hell I lost money shorting and made money longing. So, I mean, I don't even want to get into that. But yeah. you know, I, I was a trader and I was making content on on Luna and Luna Classic pretty much all throughout. And to be honest, I, I think I'm a good representation of how active the communities become because really, uh, I made posts occasionally on Terra Luna on, on Twitter sphere. And I think the Luna community on, on Twitter is significantly larger uh, than on YouTube. I've noticed that uh, because, you know, I, I came in in September when you guys reestablished governance and I didn't even know who the hell you were. I mean, I didn't know who any of these people were. There was, you guys didn't exist when I was covering Terra Luna Classic at the start. And I mean, obviously you did, right? We just didn't notice. And it, it, it kind of like spilled over in the sense that I think a lot of people didn't understand that Terra Luna is filled with a bunch of investors that have essentially come from different places in the crypto sphere. All new investors, all veterans in the space trying to see uh, the disdain of Do Kwan become the Terra Luna classic rising phoenix. And um, and I, I think it's it's really interesting at this point that, that we've got this fervent community that that wants something to become of the chain. Of course, 
uh, there's a lot of disorganization, people fighting each other, and all the drama that you'd expect from a meme coin, right? I mean, I let's be honest. Am However, I rug? Am I rug? What I happened? Am I rug? Huh? Yeah, can you hear me? I mean, yeah. What, yeah, what yeah. is going on? Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I just want to speak something about, you know, the guy, he, he was upset about... You know, FTT, FTX, or something like the exchange, you know, his collateral, it's, you know, he was filling with his coin. He, you know, he was le- uh, like something like lending the coin. BTC. Yeah, the guy was having fucking orgies with this coin. Yeah, ETT, uh, ETAs or something, BTC. He trusts himself like his collateral coin. Reserve coin was FTT. That's the that's the point that there is no liquidity. You know, he was believing himself that is a coin. Forget about this. I'm going to tell you something about like Lunk. You know, we are building. Let's talk about something positive. You know, Lunk will be the one in future trustable. I believe not top five top three or even you can take top one btc also you know btc satoshi no one knows who is satoshi right until now and everyone is holding the uh, it's it's not a decentralization now we are our lung community we are holocracy sorry holocracy when it passed it's fully decentralized. Yeah. There will be a CEO, but it the CEO had to be listened for the community, right? Right? Yeah. Dude, how the hell did you get here, Lunk? <laughs> like I was going off on this tangent about like how it was going moon boy stage and like we were all dying and then randomly like the staking thing came up. By the way, I had no idea how the hell to stake when Terra Station came out. I didn't know anything about IBC. I didn't know anything about like anything in, in exactly. the blockchain. There was nothing there. Like we only traded it because it was a fucking meme coin, right? So like when it became something, I was like, this is nuts. This is awesome. And um I, I guess at this one point, of the funny right? Things, one of the funny things was like um everyone came yeah. to the meme. And then they realized, like, oh fuck, this is actually yeah. There's actually thing. something here. We were like, what the fuck? <laughs> and there were like, uh, there are like three decentralized exchanges already. And not only are they decentralized exchanges, but they had like millions and millions of funding. And they're like the 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 best decentralized exchanges in DeFi, which is funny. It's like the the, are you talking the one about like Astroport. Yeah, Astroport is like the the best thing um, out there. Which Dude, is like not does that thing work right now on Lunk? Because like I know you guys say it does, but nobody uses it. Well, that's just ignorance. Um, it is used though, because like you know, whenever you withdraw staking rewards or something like that, it's it routes it through Astroport. So like even though you're not using the interface, you are you are exchanging through that DEX. Um oh, so, so it's yeah. like an aggregator. Uh it's it's just one of the the exchanges that Terra Station uses to to do the, all the swaps. Um, it, it's kind of like built into the mechanism. Um, but like, yeah. But it's but yeah, you're right. Like like not many people even know about that. 
and you saw on like social media lately people saying like we need a dex but well we already have Dude, when i heard that and i started getting roasted <laughs> yeah. in a space about yeah. it i was like like what the yeah. fuck yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it already exists get yeah. off of me well yeah it's, it's, guys so, so, sorry to interrupt you i have a small story to tell you guys you know we guys are on the space to adopt crypto and the crypto to be stay here if what there is a guy webinar and youtube video he never disclaimed that a financial order he said we are number one with the bitcoin bitcoin we can we are the number one bitcoin and the guy the ceo of the company he's telling that we are number one bitcoin and he's selling his coin door to door what we can do him because he never disclaimed i i can send you the videos his proof because he the the guy scam me you know why even if you go there you you will be scammed you know his ecosystem is physical life he have atm machine POS terminal to advertise advertise all right fooling right. fooling people i can Wait, tell he's, you he's, he's got you something know. great here longtail sorry classy it's it's classy it's 4 30 a.m here i might go to bed <laughs> is that yeah. okay with you i mean i was just gonna go off on a tangent about when i worked at taco ball six years ago yeah well i, was I, I think you're good yeah um but yeah thank you for attending everyone I'm sorry if you just turned up. I think Lee and, and Rebel and others have just turned up. But uh, it's really fucking late here. So I'm going to go to bed. But um, I hope it was insightful and I enjoyed hanging out with you, Classy and Anne and everyone else. Um, lots of love and kisses and uh, and see you tomorrow or the next few days. Good night, friends. Yeah. Good night, good night. Sleep yeah. well, bro. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? Recently... Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part two of the two-part LunkDAO space, Positivity and Love, with LunkDAO. Recorded on Saturday, November 12th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions. Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing. All aggressive, insane from all directions. Smoke blows in when I start a session. Blink canvas, blaze up the handlers. Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck. Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush. Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers. Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse. But in the universe, I'm just writing some words. Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs. Like, remember when I had to... To fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd. Let me take you on the journey. Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern. For certain, got the taxes included. Acting like a writer, never felt secluded.
get into the shit and line them up Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake off the cutting floor We take a little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling, less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble Spaces.